We've been dealing with our core values and uh, hopefully they apply to you personally as well as us as a church. And this weekend we're talking about authenticity. Our theme has been to the core. And each week we'll put that value on the screen, ask you to read it. It takes me back to the early 90s when we sat as a board and leadership team and wrestled and prayed about and tweaked and wordsmithed and really each word we labored over it. And so I'm going to ask you to read it with me. I'm sorry, but I've had two services, one with, one without. You just read better standing up. <laughs> Would you stand with me, please? One last time. Well, not one last time. You're going to leave. But um, it starts with we believe. So say it with a little bit of passion. We believe. Ready? We believe how we represent ourselves. This is accomplished individually based on integrity, sound character, high moral values, and biblical principles. Give somebody a high five and have a seat. All right. Authenticity. So we'll talk about being authentic. Uh, this week I celebrated a birthday and Joyce gave me a card that made me laugh. She said, here's a test to find out if you're old. Fall down. If they laugh, you're young. If they panic, you're old. So <laughs> the older you get, the more you'll get that joke. So anyway, it's good to have another day around, a year around the sun. So uh, how we represent ourselves is a reflection of who we really are. And so the impression I give you about me is that really who I am on the inside? Or is it a disconnection? And really you think about being authentic, you think about being fake, kind of those, those polar opposites. To be authentic is not false or copied, genuine, real, representing one's true nature, and to know and embrace and be who you are moment to moment, person to person. Fake, on the other hand, is defined as to conceal defects or make appear more attractive, interesting, or valuable, usually in order to deceive. So are we authentic and genuine or are we fake? And uh, several years ago, 2017, I think, I was on a missions trip to Turkey and we were at a, an open market and we had a little bit of time to shop for souvenirs and I couldn't help but take a picture outside this watch shop because the sign made me laugh. Genuine fake watches. That's what you want, a genuine fake watch. Uh, it was Frank McCoy's birthday. He was on staff at the time. And so I went and I bought him a Rolex. And I gave it to him for his birthday. I didn't tell him where I got it. And he went, what? Ah, it's a genuine fake. I paid 27 bucks for it. But anyways, uh, that obviously there's a conflict in the language there about a, a genuine fake or not. Uh, those seem contradictory. Although I'm going to come back to that thought in a, in a few minutes. But when we talk about authentic, again, to, to be who you are, moment to moment, person to person, it's that sense of being consistent from the inside and the outside. But I, I want to kind of tweak that a little bit. I agree with that sort of. So I started thinking, okay, what's going on the inside of me just this month, since October, the first two weeks? And I just took an index card out and just started jotting down feelings and internal state of, of mood. And so obviously October 4th was the anniversary of my mom passing away last year. I was sad. I re-experienced some grief. But I also laughed and smiled at who she was and what she left in my life. During the last two weeks, I have felt connected. I've been tired. I have felt encouraged. I felt demanded of. I've been nervous. I've been excited. I've been relieved. I've felt judged. 
I've been happy and nostalgic, like at our niece's wedding. I've, I've been felt taken for granted and undervalued. I've, I have felt energy relationally, like our breakfast that we just had. Uh, and give it up for Jenny Robinson, if you had some breakfast this last month. Great job. Her, Pastor Libby, and that team did a great job. Um, I've been uncertain. I've been curious. I have felt loved and appreciated. I've felt stressed and frustrated. I've felt helpful. I've felt misunderstood. I've been grateful. I've been confident. I've been hopeful. I've felt hurt and wronged. I've felt inadequate, unworthy, and contentment. You're like, man, that guy's a mess inside, right? It's all over the map, uh, both ends of the continuum. And yet, if you asked me on any given day while I was feeling or experiencing those things, I would have probably said something like, I'm doing good. How about you? I don't know that, I don't think that's disingenuous from the standpoint that I don't believe authenticity is total transparency with everybody always. That's just not even appropriate. I mean, if I'm walking through the hall, so Pastor Stan, how are you doing? I don't think I'm going to go ahead and go through the whole laundry list on that index card just right there in the hallway, all right? So there's time and a place for things. But what is important is that what's going on inside of me is not a secret and known only to me. That's when I have danger. That's when I, I can go off the rails. Bad things can happen. I can start to become who I really don't long to become. And so authenticity, I believe, is, is striving to reflect outwardly what's going on inwardly. And the person I am and I'm becoming is, is, is easily or readable or observable. Uh, but I find that when it comes to being authentic, I am my most authentic self which is not false or fake or copied, and also representing my true nature, I'm my most authentic self with the help of other people. For me, authenticity is not a solo endeavor. I cannot accomplish it by myself. I need other folks. And when we wrestle with this as a board and defining authenticity, there's some scripture verses that, that spoke to us. I think they still resonate. One is very familiar. It's Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man, one person sharpens another. And so in that relationship process, uh, I don't know if you've ever sharpened anything. I inherited a grinder when my dad died, and I've sharpened some tools on it. When you sharpen something, sparks fly, all right? And so in an authentic relationship, there's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some challenge. There's going to be some encouragement, but also some, hey, what about that? So turn to somebody, just tell them or mouth the word, sparks are going to fly. Just tell them. If there are no sparks flying in your life, be concerned about your own internal self and your sense of authenticity. Another one in Proverbs is Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. I find this extremely important and helpful that I need to learn to avoid my own echo chamber because what I'm, what I'm thinking, feeling, deciding, doing is just monitored by me. I have found, whoa, I can, I can really veer off course. I need to bounce that off other people when I'm making decisions. When I'm just processing experiences. Yeah, I find it helpful. Hey, hey I've, I've gone through this. I'm feeling this. Can you give me some feedback on what do you think? How does this look to you? Just to kind of get some calibration. Otherwise, boy, I'm, I can be my own worst enemy just by, by agreeing with everything. And sometimes I don't see or feel things correctly. And authenticity is not just going with, again, my own echo chamber, but it's trying to get a broader representation. And when it comes to being authentic, 1 Peter chapter 2 talks about behavior then. It's not just an internal thing, but it should be reflected outwardly. 
And in verse 12 of that chapter, he says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, the unbelievers, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. And as a leadership team, we thought, you know what? It's important that what we say and feel and value internally, people can see that externally in us uh, and from us so that it kind of, okay, well, it, it validates who we claim to be. And we used to have a bracelet that was pretty popular, WWJD. What does that stand for? What would Jesus do? Yeah, my mom, speaking of, wonderful church lady, godly lady, she ruined that for me. She said, what does that mean? Who wants jelly donuts? <laughs> so every time I still see that, oh, mom, you ruined it. But wherever you do life, on the count of three, I want you to mention somewhere you do life, whether it's where you work, where you live, where you go to school, where you play. Okay, one, two, three. All right, there, people should be able to say, you remind me of Jesus. The way you handle that, the way you respond, the way I see you relate to people, the way you process, the way you think, it reminds me of, of how I think Jesus would do that. And the reason that we put First Peter in there is, is really because of an adjective that most of us choose for ourselves. This adjective kind of changes everything. It raises the bar, makes it far more of a challenge to be authentic. How many of you would say, when you describe yourself, you would also use the word Christian or Christ follower? Let me see. Okay, That adjective makes all the difference in the world. Because if I identify as a Christian, that was first used as a phrase. They, they coined that phrase in the city of Antioch back in the New Testament, and it meant miniature Christ. That's a tall order, a miniature Jesus. And so if I'm going to claim to that, what the unbelieving world is looking for is, really? Now, we're living in an increasingly post-Christian society. Lots of people you meet or know now never go, maybe have never been to church, never read a Bible, don't even own a Bible. But if our culture has a, if our unchurched culture has a sense of Jesus, they would think of him as a, they might call him a great humanitarian, a great teacher. His teachings still stand the test of time. Do unto others, you have them do unto you. Nobody takes that to task. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself, but great teachings. And so they have a vibe of how Jesus is. And then they look at you and they do or don't match that up. And I believe now more than ever, our unchurched, our unchristian world needs accurate representations. People that are representing themselves, it's a reflection of who they really are. And I don't think any of us are saying that, okay, I'm perfect on the inside, I'm just like Jesus. No, I'm a work in process. I'm anybody else. Any other work in process out there? All right. That's one of my favorite verses, Philippians 1.6. I'm confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you, I'm not who I was, but I'm not who I'm going to be yet. He who began a good work will continue to bring it to perfection until the day of Christ Jesus. And so I did a little bit of a deep dive into just, you know, societal thoughts about authenticity. And I want to I go back to the Turkish sign because I, I don't know that it's totally wrong. And so I... Just Googled authenticity. A TED Talk came up. I like TED Talks. So I'm watching this lady who must be real authentic because she's giving a TED Talk. And uh, she gave, she's got three questions about authenticity that I asked. The first question is, who am I? That's a good one. Uh, the second one is, how am I being perceived? The third question is, how do I want to be perceived? And then she quoted 
Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Now, I've heard that Shakespeare quote countless times. Uh, it's from the play Hamlet. And in case you're impressed that I knew that, I didn't know that last service, and I said that, and people Googled me, Hamlet. So, uh, And I thought, you know, I'm, I don't know that my goal is to be true to myself. Like, true to, I don't, I don't know that I want to be the, the best version of Stan Tharp. Because who I am in my natural state is pretty fallen. When I look at the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, those things don't come natural to me. And so I don't know that I want to just be true to that guy. And so I look at Ephesians 5 that gives me different instruction. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as who? Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So I'm, I'm thinking that really what I am to be uh, is not imitating myself that isn't often worth imitating, but I'm to be an imitation of Jesus. And so when I go back to that Turkish sign, uh, genuine, another definition of genuine is, listen to this, Painstaking or faithful, authentic imitation of an original. Genuine is painstaking, faithful, authentic imitation of an original. So I want to be an authentic imitation of someone who is sincerely trying to imitate Jesus. So maybe, uh, let's see the sign again. Instead of genuine fake, I'm sure that, you know, you got a problem with the language. You're in Turkey. What Genuine, what's the word? Fake, okay. Now, maybe if they said genuine replica watches. Now, that sounds kind of cool. And as a Christian, I want to be a genuine replica, which means I want to be painstakingly faithful and an authentic imitation of a replica of Jesus. That's what I want to be. And I'll tell you right now, go ahead and follow me up close and personal. You'll, you'll conclude, he's a long way from there. How do you get this job? <laughs> I'm a work in process. But the fact that I know where I'm at and I know who Christ is, that gap is what I live with. And that gap is the challenge and the invitation to greater levels of trying to live authentically and represent Jesus as who he is in me and in you. And I said it before, I find that being authentic, I am my most authentic help self with the help of other people. There are other people. I have relationships in my life that help me move toward that. I have some I've formed and I pursue on purpose because there's an iron sharpening aspect to that. But authenticity, I believe, is best, best done and accomplished for all of us. You don't do it alone. It has to be with other people. So to illustrate that, it's one thing for me to say it, but we just picked a few CLCers to actually help show that. And so I have a few friends that are going to help me uh, here on the platform. And if I invite them to join me at this time, they've done this twice already. And so they are no longer intimidated by the great crowd that you are. And they're laughing like, yeah, right. Uh, so we have Susan and Hugh and Leslie. Would you say hi, guys? And so, Susan, we're going to start with you, as we always have. Uh, one of the ways we can have authentic relationships is just in the context of a small group. And about a thousand of you are in, in a small group one way or the other, whether it's in somebody's home or in a classroom or whatever. 
Uh, but talk to that from your experience uh, in the young adults, uh, just how that becomes a, a vehicle or a way for authenticity to happen and what's, what's available. Hi, my name is Susan. I lead the young adult women's small groups here at CLC, and we meet every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. So I've been at CLC for two years now and have been leading the small groups for almost a year and a half. And it's been really amazing to see how the Lord has grown our group. So we started off small groups last summer and we had eight young women, but this fall we have 24 young women registered for small groups. So that's been such a blessing. So we have now split up the groups and meet in multiple locations, but um, something I want to share. So at the beginning of each year, I always pray about what the Lord wants me to pray about and ask him, what are those things that I need to, to work on or focus on? And vulnerability was one of the first things that, that came to my heart as that is something that I have always struggled with in the past. So that aligns really well with authenticity. And I've had an amazing opportunity to see that in small groups as we've had women come in who are battling with all sorts of hard things, including myself, anxiety, depression, breakups, um, death of a parent, divorced parents, all sorts of hard things. And it's just a privilege to, to be in a space where people feel comfortable sharing, where I feel comfortable sharing what I'm walking through and have others affirm that and pray with one another and pray for one another. So I'm just reminded of 2 Corinthians 12, where Jesus says that my grace is sufficient and my strength is perfected in weaknesses. So just in small groups, I'm seeing that authenticity is an opportunity to see and experience Christ's strength perfected. And I've seen that within the groups and in my personal life as well. That's awesome. You know, each service I've, I've highlighted how I love what she says. I start each year praying about what I should pray about. Most of us skip that first part. We just tell God what we want him to do. But asking him in the first place, what do you want me to pray about? That's really cool. But it, it struck me, I'm listening to him. Like, oh. So this year you're praying for vulnerability. So the Lord said, well, how about sharing in front of a thousand people? That'll be vulnerable. So uh, if there's a young woman here in her 20s or early 30s that wants to be part of this, how do they jump into that? So I will be at the Welcome Center after service. But if you have the CLC app, if you don't, you can download that and then scroll down to Group Life and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see Young Adult Life. So if you click on that page, then you'll see all the information there that I, that I just mentioned. Great. Thank you very much. Hugh, uh, you've been here a while and wow... Um, had a gut punch in life, everything from going through a marital breakup to homelessness and all kinds of things, but God's really bringing you through that, and he's using what people might not expect, Celebrate Recovery. Tell us what Celebrate Recovery, the role that's played in your life. Uh, hi, my name is Hugh. Um, I've been coming to CLC for about 10 and a half years, and a year ago, I got involved, uh, was led to um, the Celebrate Recovery Ministry here at church that we have at Monday nights at 6 p.m. Um, God, don't you know, um, when, you, when you're praying, you got to be careful what you pray for sometimes. Um, I, because, you know, it's never going to turn out the way you think. And sometimes I know that um, God will break you uh, to change you into the person he wants you to be. Um, and, and that process is a process, but it's not, it's not easy sometimes. Um, Celebrate Recovery has helped me to, um, to be honest with myself about 
issues and hurts, habits, hang-ups that I have in my life that needed to be uh, worked on and removed. And um, so uh, what it's all about, um, we all struggle with, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we can admit that we struggle with different things. Um, we're not exempt from that. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is a, is, a, is a ministry that will help you to heal and overcome that um, um, by the power of God. And, uh, you know, God is all about uh, community and relationships, and uh, we need each other. Uh, we can find hope and healing in Christ, and uh, uh, it's uh, Celebrate Recovery is a safe place, a safe environment mm-hmm. to to share uh, those things with each other. Um, it's based on uh, God's Word. It's a Christ-centered. Um, uh, the eight principles is based on the Beatitudes um, in the Gospels. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, told, I told God, I said, you know, I'm willing to surrender which is not an easy thing, is to surrender your life and your will to God's. Uh, you're, you're opening yourself up to, to uh, some big changes there. Um, celebrate recovery. We, we have a meal uh, followed by a large group gathering where we uh, have praise and worship, and uh, we celebrate each other's successes um, by having a chip ceremony. Um, and then we, um, we have either live testimonies or video testimonies, uh, and then a lesson. Um, and then we break down into gender-specific groups, male and female, um, where we can, in compet- full confiden- con- confidentiality, um, share with each other what, we, what we're struggling with. Um, you're not required to... Uh, share if you don't feel like sharing, but um, I think it's I think it's important to to do that, um, and, and you'll find that that you're not the only one. You're not, you know, God doesn't want you to isolate yourself and 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 be closed. Um, <clears throat> it's good to to have that community and and those relationships. I know for one that it is it has really helped me through a very difficult time. Um, brothers and sisters in Christ come alongside of you and and I, w- I want to jump in there because you know, some people are sitting there going well I wonder if that's for me or not um, it's Monday at 6 o'clock at door 2 and some people when they think of celebrate recovery think only in terms of well it must be for alcohol or drug addiction it deals with hurts that you have in life that you can't get through can't get over it. It does deal with habits, so there are addictions there, but also hang-ups, the things that are just getting hung up on in life that you need to get past. Uh, there's, there are few better ways to do that than to do that authentically with other people. And so I think Leslie can kind of add to that, her story, just how God's used CR for you. Sure. Uh, hello, I'm Leslie. Um, I've been coming to CLC um, for about eight years now. Um, I'm married. My husband and I have uh, seven children. They range from 15 to five months old. Um, We started coming to CR, um, well, we'll we'll be on our 90th week this Monday. Um, 
when we got to the doors to CR, I'll say I came first. My husband came about a month after I did. Um, our marriage was hanging on by a thread. Um, we both had our own hurts um, and habits. I grew up with some family dysfunction and some other traumas, and those kind of led into some perfectionism um, and some people-pleasing, which um, I, you know, I tried to numb myself from. Um, and so we were, we were broken people. I was a joyless person. I was living each day to survive, not really thrive. Um, and through CR, um, we've come alongside like-minded, Christ-minded people who might not all be going through the same walk in life, but we can relate to each other. Um, and I think through our trials and our hurts, you kind of put on these layers, I call them, um, and you're kind of, every, every time you get hurt or something happens, you put on a layer, and through CR, you learn to identify those character defects or um, those hurts, and you kind of start peeling back those layers, and you get back to that person that God really intended for us to be, our authentic person, the, the better or best version of ourselves. Um, and through that, my marriage has changed completely. Um, my husband and I now volunteer once or twice a month and cook fellowship meal. Um, we do newcomers. We lead meetings together. Our family comes. All of our kids come. They go to um, Celebration Place, which is um, it's a curriculum-based program for kids. So there is child care. They learn kind of the same lessons we're learning because when we go through things, our, our kids and our grandkids, they, they go through those things right alongside of us. And so being able to have something to share with them and talk to them about has also helped my husband and I and our parenting um, and how we move forward. Um, so yeah, I can't speak any highly yeah. of CR. So if you're wondering, uh, first of all, you're looking at four people who don't have it all together yet, right? You're almost there. <laughs> it's a process. But you're seated in a church of people who don't have it all together yet. We're in process. And trying to do that all by yourself, you just can't get there from here. But with each other, in authentic relationships, that's really where it goes. That, that's really how it, how it occurs. If you're interested in any of these, stop by the, the, the Welcome Center. Uh, they'll be happy to give you assistance and information about that or just show up for CR tomorrow uh, at 6 o'clock at, at uh, door 2. Uh, but we have a close for this. In fact, give it up for these guys. They did a great job. Thank you for being here all weekend long. Um, you never know when you're putting a service together how something's going to land until you do it. And I was thrilled. I've been thrilled how what we planned for the end of the service has gone. It's gone really well. Um, but we're going to set up with a song, so stay, stay tuned. And then we have a, a really, uh, I've got feedback from people. Oh, that was great. I'm glad that, so we're going we're gonna to end it really cool. We just enjoy this song first. And this song uh, goes right along with the theme as well, Truth Be Told. Supposed to have it all together mm. And when they ask how you're doing Just smile and tell them never better No Line number two Everybody's life is perfect except yours oh. So keep your messes and your wounds Your secrets safe with you behind closed doors mm. 
truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it, I don't know why it's so hard to admit it. When being honest is the only way to fix it There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know So let the truth be true There's a sign on the door, just come as you are, but I doubt it if we live like that was true Every Sunday morning It would be crowded But didn't you say Church would look more like a hospital A safe place for the sick The sinner and the scot And the prodigals Like me And truth be told The truth is rarely told Says I'm fine, yeah I'm fine, oh I'm fine, hey I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it. When being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth. Be told, can I really stand here on a shame? Knowing that your love for me won't change. Oh God, if that's really true, then let the truth be told. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and it's out of control. I say it's under control. is the only way to fix it there's no failure no fall there's no sin you don't already know but i know i know there's no failure no fall there's no sin you don't already know so let the truth be told It's all part of living and being authentic. Let the truth be told. Amen? So here's how we're going to close. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and be authentic. All right? Baby steps, shallow, 60 seconds. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to find three to six people you can huddle up with. And basically tell them your name. Maybe tell them something you like to eat. And then tell them one of two things. Either what's one of the biggest challenges you're facing right now or what's the challenge that God got you through in the past? All right? So find somebody to talk to. Introduce yourself. What's the challenge you're facing or a challenge you've been through? And then you can dismiss yourself however you want. High five, have a prayer, go have a cup of coffee, whatever it might be. Thank you.